Welcome to the sermon podcast of Midway Christian Church. We're a Disciples of Christ congregation located in Midway, Kentucky. You're always welcome to join us in person or follow us on Facebook or YouTube. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 21st chapter, verses 5 through 19. And I invite you to follow along. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he. And the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified. For these things must first take place. But the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and plagues. And there will be difficult portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you'll be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance. For I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and siblings, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain souls. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. It would be so easy for us to simply say that this is a text about the end times and how we as disciples are to prepare, or better yet, how not to prepare or fear for the end times. Or if we really wanted, we could say this is just that crazy part of the Bible, parts that we just tend to ignore and not pay attention to, and we can move on to something else that we like better. You know, those texts about loving God with all our heart, mind, and soul, those texts about loving our neighbors as ourselves. We could simply say this is just one of those crazy texts in the Bible about the end times, and that doesn't go with our theology. Yet we know that as people of faith, We don't get to pick and choose the scriptures or the text that we follow. It is all the word of God or none of it is the word of God. So as much as we would like to say that this crazy text about the end times does not go along with our theology and does not deem our attention, it doesn't work that way. We are called to see the word of God for us in this text. Because part of growing in our faith is struggling with those texts to look for that word of God for us as the children of God. And when we do and we look at this particular text, we realize that this is a text about Jesus's last public act in ministry, at least that way in the gospel of Luke. 
As we may remember at this point in the story, Jesus has already entered into Jerusalem. He's already been welcomed as the one who comes in the name of the Lord. He has already spent the week preaching and teaching in the synagogues. He has already done all those things. And some very important things have happened in this time period. We know that Jesus has cleansed the temple, driving out all the people who were selling items. He encountered hostile questions from people in authority, wondering who exactly gave Jesus the authority to speak in God's name, to say some of the things that he was saying. But that doesn't stop Jesus. Also, during that time, he denounces the scribe. He calls them as ones who are all fluff with no substance. And on top of that, Jesus has the audacity to point out the generosity of a widow, contrasting that with those who are in power and saying, she gives so much more than that little bit of tithe that you give. Needless to say, when we come to this particular text within the Gospel of Luke, the tensions are high at this moment. And all of this is conversation and background for our text today. In our text today, someone, Luke tells us, that mythical, magical someone that is in everybody's church... Someone points out the beauty of the temple and remarks about all these gifts that were dedicated to God. And Jesus overhears this comment and replies that everything they see will be destroyed in just a few days. And if that wasn't bad enough, Jesus tells the disciples that persecution will come, that they will die in Jesus' name. At this point, when the disciples are beginning to prepare and plan, thinking that Jesus has entered into Jerusalem as the one who has come in the name of the Lord, all of a sudden he is turning their world upside down and he is telling them that everything they have trusted in, the temple and other institutions, their families, everything that they have trusted in to guide them and lead them would betray them. That everything they had trusted in, those institutions that have been around for so long as cornerstones in their community, those institutions would be destroyed and the disciples would be left with nothing. Or so they thought. You see, we miss what Jesus is really saying within this text because we only focus on the bad stuff. We focus on the temple falling. We focus on the betrayal of families. We focus on the persecution that is happening and waiting the disciples. When we read this text, we focus on that bad stuff because Jesus is pointing out to us that we tend to put our faith and trust in imperfect institutions, that we tend to put our faith and trust in imperfect people and perfect systems, and that we lose sight of what really matters. We lose sight of what is real. We lose sight of what is eternal. Those things that guide us and strengthen us even in uncertainty. We lose sight of the promises given to us by our God. We lose sight of the love and grace of God. We have to realize that when Luke is writing all this stuff about destruction and persecution and betrayal, it's already happening for the disciples. That first generation of disciples have already been facing persecution. The early church is already facing those questions of what to do next and where do we go from here. The preaching and teaching that the kingdom of God would make the peoples and powers uncomfortable is happening to that early church just like it did when Jesus first shared it all those years ago. 
So it's no surprise that this pivotal moment in history and in time in the story of Jesus's ministry, Luke takes this as an opportunity to compare and relate it to what the early church is going to at that moment. In this text about the end times, this crazy text that we think doesn't matter for us, Luke turns it around and uses it as a way to offer comfort for the early church. He offers them strength for the disciples. He reassures them that the very promises of God tell us that no matter what, we have nothing to fear. That God is there for each and every one of us. That God is there bringing healing and wholeness for all of God's people. That God is there surrounding people with hope and grace. That God is there bringing light and life for all of God's people. What Luke reminds the disciples is that followers of Jesus Christ, we have a promise that everything is going to be okay. We might not know when, we might not know where, we might not know how, but we have the promise that love and light will always have the last word. You see, when we look at all that bad stuff, we immediately think this shouldn't be happening because we are good people. We tend to forget that God never promised us that bad things would not happen in our lives. What God did promise us is that we do not need to be afraid because God is there leading us and guiding us. That we do not need to be afraid because God is there surrounding us with grace. That we do not need to be afraid in times of uncertainty because we know that God is there and God will always have the last word. Luke uses this understanding, this basic understanding that we have as people of faith and reminds us that we are called to challenge the status quo, that we can do that, have the strength and the energy to challenge that status quo because we have the promises of God, that we are called to tell a different narrative where the powers that be preach power and might. We are called to preach peace and love. Where oppression pushes others to the margin, we are called to throw the doors open wide and welcome all to come in and experience God's ab abundance grace. Luke knew that following this call to share God's kingdom, to share God's love, to share God's grace would not be easy. Just look at what happened when Jesus took up that mantle. He was betrayed, he was denied, he was crucified and hung on a cross like a common criminal. Luke knew and tells his disciples that we know the cost of discipleship is great. Yet we know that there's more than just the pain and suffering, the uncertainty and the worry. We have a promise from our God. A God to give us strength and comfort for the journey ahead. And we are called to not lose sight of what matters. The grace and love of God. I fully admit that this has been a great time within that sermon to bring you this illustration. Kind of a three-point step on how we can do this. But I'm going to tell you I don't have it. Because this is an extremely hard lesson for me. My MO in times of anxiety and fear is start to pretend and try to control things as much as I can, and I fall apart anyway. 
what I can do in this moment is just offer all of us, myself included, a reminder. A reminder when that things are about to happen, when things happen, when we are overwhelmed with uncertainty, when we are frustrated, when nothing makes sense, when we are wondering why we are even doing this as disciples, because it doesn't seem to make a difference in the world when there's so much hurt and hate always around us. When we're wondering why we do what we do, Luke offers us a reminder. He tells us that the gospel is never, ever about playing it safe. It's never, ever about being comfortable. It is always about challenging the status quo. It is always about offering peace. It's always about offering love. It is always about knowing that we have the promises of God to strengthen us and encourage us for the journey ahead. The gospel message, the very thing that shapes us and transforms us into disciples of Christ is always been about the love and grace of God and knowing that we have nothing to fear in this world. What I can say instead of giving you a three-point how to do it, I can offer you a reminder and simply say when things are about to happen, when we are faced with uncertainty, the gospel message, the very thing that shapes us and transforms us is about knowing that God is in the midst of it all. The good, the bad, the scary, the ugly, the uncertain, that God is in the midst of it all. And we know that no matter what, God is at work in this world. Contrary to what this world may say, we know that God is moving in and among us, bringing forth new life. That God is moving in and among us, challenging us and empowering us to be the people of love and grace that God has called us and created us to be. We know. That no matter the uncertainty we face, God is here bringing about love, bringing about peace, bringing about a way of reconciliation, bringing about a way of justice so that all may know that the kingdom of God, the beloved community, will be here on earth just as it is in heaven because God gave us that promise. May it be so. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this sermon podcast of the Midway Christian Church. If you'd like to learn more about our congregation, please go to our website at midwaychristian.org.